What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Scallywags, scoundrels, rogues, and rebels, Asylum Studios is pleased to present a show that will bend your mind, scramble your morals, and ruin your good taste. This is not a show to take home to your mother and definitely not one for the children. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Chaos and Disorder. After another two weeks of well-earned vacation, Chaos and Disorder is back. I am your host with the most, the talent, Rick Flieger. Joined, as always, by the counter-argument to the statement that bald is beautiful, a man considered by Archie Bunker himself to be just a bit too surly, America's cautionary tale, creepy Uncle Rick Briggs. And as we sit here, producerless today, Rick, producerless once again, as Finkelstein has put his foot in his mouth. You get it? You get it? No, the listeners don't get yeah, it, but you get it. Exactly. <clears throat> but fear not. I was able to push both buttons all by myself, so his job is taken care of and the show is on the air. Of course, you can get all of Briggs' artisan kale recipes on Twitter over at Chaos and Disorder. Find pictures of Finkelstein's latest trip to the Senior Swingers Club on Facebook at Chaos and Disorder Pod. And, of course, to speak directly to the show, directly to Rick Briggs through our one, only, and exclusive email box, Send emails to OctogenarianOrgyAlliance at Hotmail.com. Or if it's full, our emergency yeah, email why box. Why do you do this? You, you muddy the water. Chaos and disorder pod at gmail.com. Always muddy in or the water. Or asylumfootball at no, gmail.com. We don't care. Nobody what? monitors those. Those are dead. Dead <laughs> in the water. This guy's there every day. No. Every no, day. Not those ones. The OctogenarianOrgyAlliance at Hotmail.com. Now, we're all over that one. So, a few things have gone on in the last couple of weeks. So, uh, how was your vacation? It, first things first. It, it was awesome, but it started off rough, and I, I'm going to get into that. So, I want to say Outer Banks, my favorite place in the world, be back there in uh, two weeks once again. Hopefully, you two numbskulls can figure out how to get a show on the air before that. What week is that? The week 11th through the 18th, so it would be the show on the, what's that, the 13th, I believe. So It'll be my last for It'll sometime. be your your last for a little while, so you're going to get a Flieger and uh, Finkelstein summer, apparently. We're going to get that. We can get you hooked up. Hell, you can call in. You'll, oh, you'll, you'll be all doped up. <laughs> I was mad. Maybe funnier. Yeah, I was mad you guys didn't do the show on the, I was going to call in. I had taken the number with me. It was going to be a surprise because I wanted Finkelstein dead. And I had made sure I was pumped full of Larry's Lemonade, and I was coming in hot, and then you guys didn't do it. So I was, I was kind of bummed about that. But Outer Banks, greatest place in the world. But let me tell you, if, if you're hearing my endorsement, please don't go. Don't go. It used to be, it was always kind of busy, but it was a little quiet. It's just chaos down there right now. And all the bad things that happened with COVID, all the terrible things, the learning loss, the the sickness, the illness, the financial, the worst thing that happened was all these a-holes from Philly and Jersey and New York who either weren't allowed on their beaches during COVID or had to wear masks, so they discovered the Outer Banks. So now they bring their Ocean City nonsense down to the Outer Banks. Rick, the 
Outer Banks is about 100 miles of nothing but wide open beach. If one of these animals comes in, they are going to put their towel on top of yours and sit on your lap and leave 7,000 yards on either side of you because they just don't know any better. So all of you go back to the Jersey Shore, stay home, and leave me alone. Leave the Outer Banks to the normal people, to the people who know how to exist in a society. So that's my PSA for, uh, for the Outer Banks. There you go. We should take the show down there sometime. You and Dummy should just come with me, and we'll just go down, and we'll do a week's worth of shows down there. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? All hopped up on the Larry's Lemonade. I don't know about the Larry's Lemonade, however. I mean, you can. Makes for a good show. Well, yeah. For I mean, me, anyhow. I get hopped up on something else. Well, so you're always hopped up on yeah. shrooms or, or something <laughs> like that. Shrooms. But, and, and this will hopefully put a put a bow on the the basic theme of every show I feel like we've done for the last month with Dipstick's interminable dynasty draft of just how much I wanted him dead. And all of you dead, frankly, everybody in that league. But, but him chief among them and you as his vice chief, I, I would have to say. Well, before you really get into your <clears throat> rant, I have to um... – and I, I ran into a couple of the league mates in stores and so forth, you know. And it just so happened that I must have been the go-to guy because there were quite a number of the guys in the league purposely trying to anger you. Oh, I, I knew it became a thing eventually, <laughs> right? Yeah, and I, I was well aware of that. And I was almost all right with that. But but let, let, me, let me spin a phrase. So – I don't think that's the right term, but spin a yarn. Spin a yarn. Spin a yarn. Yes, that's, that's a tale. Are you going to tell a tale or yes. tell the truth? Well, it's a, it's a tale of truth. Oh, it's a tale of your opinion. Nah, it, it's okay. the, 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 these are facts. My my opinions will, will probably be inter, interspersed within here, but, sure but here, here are some facts. So it's on a good day, about a nine-and-a-half, ten-hour drive from Studio B here down to the Outer Bank. Right. And so – had had my week's vacation, but went ahead and took Friday off so we could travel day. It's much easier to travel on Friday than Saturday. All right. So now I, I could watch you just smash buttons over there all day with no noise coming out. It makes me very happy. So, unfortunately, I couldn't have the whole day Friday off. I had meetings scheduled. But one of the good things in this world now is everything's done remotely, so you can just do it by phone. And I had some obligations. I I, I was expecting phone calls. Because believe it or not, if you're new to chaos and disorder, this is not our primary job. For the fabulous wealth we earn on this show, it's still not enough to get it done. Probably 80% of the emails that we get are, are saying, you know, I can't believe you guys actually have jobs, yeah, too. Yeah, still have to work day yeah. job. We're just that kind of hustlers. We, we got to keep doing it. So with that, and in order to drive, because I'm still a misogynist from way back, I'm doing the driving, right? right. So I have to have my phone hooked up to the Bluetooth. <laughs> All right. So here's one thing I discovered. You can mute these text messages, however they – even on their own, just were unmuting all the time. But number two, when you hook up the Bluetooth, at least in my vehicle, all right, it, it automatically, there ain't no muting going on. The alerts are still coming through. I left the town that Studio B is in yes. about 6.30 in the morning. Yeah, nice early start. You I mean, dickheads were always tw- already 27 text messages deep. Well, yeah, I mean, I get up at 5 o'clock. 
for 10 and a half hours because there was traffic. There was accidents. There was construction. Everything that happens. It took about 10 and a half a hours to get down there. wasn't there? Little tons yeah. of it. Yeah. Bing. 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 Driving me insane. Driving Mrs. Flieger insane. Even worse, driving the teenager in the back insane. And you know how well they handle adversity, especially on a long car trip. And this thing will not stop. And I can't <laughs> shut it off because I've got work calls coming in. So I am furious. I am furious. But I let it go. And, and here's the thing. These a-holes who everybody's got to be updated, right? Because we got the one guy. I, I ran it about this jackass already that he has to be – there's an app that gives me a notification when it's my turn to draft. In fact, when I'm on deck, it's letting me know, and it's my team turn to pick. And not only in this 10-and-a-half-hour draft, I had to make two draft picks because that's how fast this stupid league moves on. I made them both with the absolute quickness. Nobody is waiting for me. All of you troglodytes bitching and carrying on that someone would have the audacity to take a minute and a half to make a draft pick, every time one of you dickheads came up on board, we were waiting about four or five hours every single time. that's one thing that is fiction. I disagree. I was within about 15 minutes every time. Okay. I, I was beating you. Every I time. was lapping you. I was all over this Well, thing. you had nothing better yeah. to do. So, you were just driving. Why well, not? No, I was working. Working. I was working and driving and listening to bing, 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 as you're doing your Laurel and Hardy shtick and slapping that each other before, in the back. The oh, before. no, that wasn't the rant. We'll get there. You just settled down. I don't want to spend the whole show listening to you complain no. about us having fun. No, there's no fun involved in this. Then I get down there right about the time the league ends for the night. Oh, another oh, half an hour goes on. You dummies, shut up. Christmas. So I'm exhausted, right? I've been driving all night. I might have got myself My a little. wet on the wheel. Got myself a little toky doke when I got down there to try to relax, try to go to bed. Wake up in the morning to what do you think? Bing. Bing, notifications back on. So I get up. We can't get our house till 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Got to be out of the hotel by 10. So got to drive up drive up to the beach. I, I don't like to drive to the beach, but I do. So that's about another half an hour up. Things binging and bonging the whole way up the road. I'm trying to go out to the beach. It's binging and bonging. I'm hours away from my next pick. I'm thinking I'm good. I'm going to leave the phone. And that same jackass, Greg, I hate Greg. So, Greg, never stop. Just remember that. Don't ever, ever stop effing yourself. So now he is sending updates of everything. Who was just picked? Who's on the clock? How much time they have? And he is doing this for every goddamn pick that comes up. So I sent what I thought was a – he voiced my displeasure but was not the usual vigor and anger with which I would respond to something. I believe I said something to the effect of, if only there was an app or a website that folks in this league could utilize to know when they were drafting, then Greg here wouldn't have to notify us, everybody. Who do you think the first response was? Do you Greg. think it was Greg? No, it certainly wasn't. It was lily-livered, half-broad Finkelstein coming in white knighting for him. 
<laughs> Don't you worry about him, Greg. Flieger just hates everything. You just keep doing what you're doing. And I wanted to choke him because I know this I know this jackal. That was not him trying to be funny. That was not him trying to rankle me. I hurt one of his other friend's feelings, and he had to come in and white knight and save the day. And now Greg feels compelled to step in. And he, he was real weepy about it. Well, I just want to keep it moving. We're having such a good time drafting and want everybody to just shut up. I, I, I hate you both, and I want to smash your heads together. And then I started texting Finkelstein on the side and had some inappropriate context about them wrapping foreskins together, and I might have got a little off the rails off of that. Well, then the rest of you jackals, then you attack, you pounce, you tried to start up the who's on first stuff again. I don't you, I, I absolutely, you did, and I will find it. No, you and won't. And given I the didn't. opportunity, I'm going to hit you in the head with a grain shovel if this ever comes up again. I can't take it anymore. Why but do you want to break your grain mer- shovel? Mer- mercifully, this thing is over, and I never want to think about it. If you're in this league and you listen to this show, number one, Greg F. U. Number two, Finkelstein, I can't wait till your balls drop. Number three, everybody's for sale because I'm not managing this thing at all. So send me a trade. I am doing this out of protest now, and I am one and done in this god-awful league. But other than that, the vacation was pretty nice. Who's on first? I don't, I don't no, even. You tried to get it going again, no, and you I didn't. know that you maybe, did. Maybe Dracula did, no, but I didn't. No, you tried to get him to hop on board with no, you, and he wouldn't no, do no, it. No, but no. Just terrible. Just Not terrible. Me. So Not me. it's over. So you won't have this to kick around anymore. And I can't wait to go on vacation without you idiots sending 900 text messages every four seconds. Oh, uh, well. Who has this kind of time? You know. Why don't you just complain about something else? Well, I'm going to have to find something. Because I'm rather positive and actually had a pretty good day today, and now I just really don't care. All right, now that's a lie. You have never had a good day as long as I've met you. That's just not true. You you could win the Powerball and bitch that you had to go pick up the check. (laughs) I don't believe so. (laughs) I I do believe so. I don't believe so. so. I do believe so. I believe I'd hire you to take me there. And you'd bitch about my driving. You'd be all angry. Never did going to Canton. I don't remember, did you? No. I do remember the time, the dumb things we remember. We went to that god-awful fantasy expo in Atlantic City. Yes, I do remember. And and our only goal became about beating the time the GPS said we would arrive. So I'm driving through the little town you live in at about 104 miles an hour because we had one minute to go. I think think we beat it. We did beat it, yes. (laughs) You know, and that was one of those things. That was the first ever. Fantasy Football Expo, and it was built up as oh my it was God. going to be the event of the decade. It was enough to get me. Football. It was enough to get me to New Jersey. That's how big a deal they were making out of and it. And I can remember um, Theisman talked. Correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. Theisman talked, and I mean he was he was very good, and I mean very polite, talked to some people, and that kind of thing. And then the next day, it was supposed they were supposed to have like autograph signings, and they were having some yeah. big event with, with a lot of the fantasy experts, quote unquote. And we actually got to meet a few of the guys that, that yeah. you know, I mean, we still have kind of in the fantasy community. Yeah, in the nobody fantasy. I consider celebrities. They yeah. considered themselves celebrities. A few of them. <laughs> yeah, probably the 
biggest, the one that's made it the biggest, probably what? It's probably Mike Clay's with CBS yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He was just kind of starting was, out on his own Jeff, back then. Him and Jeff Ratcliffe were together. Yeah, still and or then. But anyway, that's getting off subject. But yes, and it turned out that people didn't. Uh, some of the former players did not show up because they found out they weren't getting paid to sign autographs. Right, you know, so they they wouldn't go into the where they were supposed to be to, to sign autographs. And there's people lined up oh. to see these people, and now nah, we ain't doing Nobody's it. Nobody's there. Yeah. They got that whole convention center set aside, and there's 92 percent empty booths. Well, yeah, because they because in the advertisement, what was it like a hundred dollars a mm-hmm. booth or something like that? But then it turned out they were charging like. $300 for internet service. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. I, I think we told this story. We pretended like we did the show because we were going to have a booth out there right. for the old Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. We were going to do live broadcast, try to get some guests on. We ended up doing the one show we did out there from the hotel room because right. for the booth price, that was just to get the booth, which seemed reasonable. And it was $400. I was not allowed to plug in my own computer. I had to hire the yeah. the union, whoever they were, in the convention center. And then same thing to tear it down. Each night I wasn't allowed to take my own equipment with me. I had to let them tear it. The thing was going to cost us $1,000 like just to broadcast s- our broke yeah. dick podcast out and there. And like you said, it turned out there was only like about four or five oh, shows yeah. actually went on the air because unless you were – you know, ESPN yeah. or FF football guys or one of these, you know, the, the, the bigger names, you couldn't afford to do it. No, that, that thing was it's awful. A debacle. It's a complete <laughs> and utter debacle. That's a perfect word for it. Yeah. So speaking of debacles, Deshaun Watson, <laughs> that thing's still going on. I, I figured that'd be a cut and dry, open the and shut case. Disciplinary hearing before Judge Sue Robinson extended to the third day. Going to be, as we speak, <laughs> tomorrow, Thursday, it right. starts again. Um, you know, he's been accused, obviously, if you've been living under a rock by multiple women. I don't even know what it is now, 26? 24, and what, he settled 21 of them, I believe, some, or something. Something, some huge number. Um, and his attorney said that there's no basis for any type of suspension whatsoever, which is ludicrous. Um, he's not charged criminally supposedly well ben roethlisberger wasn't either right he got six reduced to four for one accusation right i mean if you use a little bit of math (laughs) at 24 games at what 21 cases that's 84 games 17 games in a season that that translates to quite a bit in his football future yeah Something tells me that's not going to happen, but uh, that would be funny if they just did the math that way. The NFL's got itself a bit of a conundrum here, right? On its surface, and in every way you deconstruct this, something terrible happened here. Deshaun Watson is a creep and a freak and come up with every other word you want. But here's the problem Uh, they have. When you talk about so much of what the NFL generally does, now you gave an example with Roethlisberger, there's been some other ones, but quite often in circumstances like this, their default is to kind of put the guy on ice until the legal process works out or to let him play till the league, depending on what the situation is. But here, 
He's been on ice on the exempt list since these accusations started. They have tried, and this is what I can't understand, they have tried unsuccessfully to indict him criminally twice. And it's not getting done. Twice he has not been indicted. You know, one, one thing I learned in my way distant past, I'm not a lawyer, but I, I had some, some legal training, some legal education, and the old saying was, I can't remember who said it, was you could indict a ham sandwich. Yeah. It's kind of an old saying. So so they have but a heart. But to, on the other side of the coin, a check well, obviously makes a lot of things well, right. go away. Well, yeah, certainly no question about it. And I think that's the play here, right? He's not been criminally indicted. You you come to these settlements, get everybody to be quiet, to stop cooperating with the NFL. So really, by the standard the NFL has set with this, in a lot of ways, not completely, his lawyer might be right. What, what are you basing this on at this point? On the other side, the NFL, since the Ray Rice incident, hasn't done it well, but has made an effort to be more cognizant of more i don't want to use the word sensitive to that that sounds like uh, i'm diminishing it but making efforts to to better handle domestic violence sexual abuse things like this and have tried more and more to market themselves to to a female audience so clearly while we can't get an indictment criminally something went on here in how are you going to suspend the guy? But then, how are you going to go to the NFL audience and say, "Well, we're only going to suspend him for six games, eight games, even a season"? With all of this going on, I, there is no way out of this where anybody wins. Absolutely no way. No, nobody's going to win, obviously, because number one, you know, okay, here the, the NFL—they want which, which kind of makes no sense in a way if you think about it, but they're. They're arguing for an indefinite suspension of at least one year. Well, a year is definite. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, so they're they're really not putting any limit on it, but a minimum of a year. Watson's lawyer counterpoints say that neither the alleged alleged is, is always a key word alleged violations against Watson nor precedents of past suspensions handed down by the NFL support a suspension of such length. Well, see, to me, that's a weak argument. Right. Because even if he's not guilty, he's already settled 20 civil suits. Right. And, like, okay, say, just for an example, whatever, you hit me with your truck, and you're hammered out of your gourd, and somehow I survive. And you didn't put it in everything sounded back up. Everything everything sounded very right. likely till the you survive part. I mean, you're hanging yeah. on by a thread as it is. But but the point is, and you know, and then there's I bring charges up against you, okay? And there's a lot of evidence, you know, of inappropriate behavior in your part. Well, all of a sudden, you know, being a man of the means that you are. That's true, true. You know, you, I, I, you I get am, that checkbook I am a man of wealth and privilege. And say, That's hey, true. Rick, you know, if we kind of forego this criminal shit, I'm going to write you a check for 50 grand or whatever the case may be. Sure thing. Done. Well, that's still kind of an admission of guilt. Yeah, and th- there was this debate a lot on Twitter, you know, and a lot of people saying a settlement is, is an admission of guilt in – common sense it is but not not in the eyes of the law and so 
That's the thing. What what does the NFL do here? Here's my thing. I think here's where the NFL's being disingenuous with this indefinite suspension, right? Here's what that tells me. In a way, Deshaun Watson's lawyers, right? You know, there there isn't criminal charges here. These things are settled. There's yeah, no there was, there was no charges against Roethlisberger. Well, you're right, but that's my point. This is where he's right to say a season long suspension, multi season suspension. There's no precedent for that. It sounds to me like he's using the Ben Roethlisberger precedent of six games, eight games, whatever it is. What the NFL's saying with an indefinite suspension, I think what they're trying to get away with is, all right, we're just going to suspend him, make him go away until this thing sort of dies down a little bit, and then we'll bring him back. Because with an indefinite suspension, at any time, they could just say, all right, in two weeks, you're good to come back. I think this is the NFL kicking the can down the road, knowing from the NFLPA's perspective and what they have to do on that side of things as bad as it looks and as bad as it is, you know, I'm willing to say, I'm not going to say alleged, something happened here. Something, well, obviously. I, yeah. something awful happened here. And the guy's a creep. But based on any measure, anything the NFL's ever done, they can't justify a suspension of that length. On the other side, they can't bring this creep in in week one. They can't bring this creep in in September or October and say, hey, we, we did everything we could do. That They get crushed for that. So they say indefinite suspension, wait for things to die down, wait for an election or something else to happen in the world and try to slide them back in. That's what I feel like they're doing. But, see, so you know exactly what will happen. Okay, the NFL, using your terms, kicks a can down the road for a ways okay things die down all right deshaun watson you're allowed to come back whatever time frame right well that's exactly what happened before right we settled all these suits there's no criminal activity cleveland swoops in yeah makes right. a deal now all of a sudden here they come out of the woodwork. Ten more again. pop up right, right. so and, and that's exactly what's going to happen because they're going to say hey I remember him being in my spa one time. Let's say something happened, even if it didn't. Because now you're going to get, I don't know, you can't call it the copycats, but just the, I want a piece of this pie. I want want some action, whether anything happened or not. I'm not saying it didn't in some cases, but you know something happened and this guy's a jerk. Oh, yeah, and and terrible. But here's what you wonder as well when you look at it. From another perspective, does the NFL have the ability, you know, and I don't know this, you know, this, is, this would be a question for a lawyer or for an agent or something to just say, all right, there are no criminal charges here. You know, we know that, you know, these lawsuits are settled. However, just the nature of these accusations, we're a private organization. We don't want you here. True. Could Could there be something like that? I don't know in the collective bargaining, and I'm not smart enough to understand that, but you think they could take a definitive stand if they wanted to and just say, look, you know, in, in private, in other businesses, you can do that all the time. You know, I can just not hire you because you're a creep, you know what right. I mean? Or I can fire you because you make everybody in the office nervous or something. You know, the NFL, are they under an obligation what? without – they are in the sense of they painted themselves in the corner with how they've handled it before. And one thing I've been critical of, and everybody's been critical of the NFL, is, is how inconsistent they are with their discipline. And they've tried to start lining it up, and then this happens. You know, if there was one criminal charge, I think he never plays again, and I think that's an easy sell. 
24 accusations, does the sheer volume of them change it? Would I feel different if it was one or two? I, I don't know that without without a criminal indictment. Yeah, I just don't. This is a sticky wicket of the, of course, of the I, highest of order. Of course I would feel totally different if it was one. Yeah. Because it's somebody's one person's word against another person. Right. A, a famous person. A very wealthy, rich person. So... And you really don't have any idea. But when you have somebody of this high profile, and I, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. When you have um, an athlete of his caliber that relies on his body to make these millions of dollars, yeah. why in the world wouldn't you trust your body to, like, maybe two or three trusted you know, massage therapists, masseuses, whatever you want to call them, they right. just go around with you and make sure that that you're in tune with everything that's going on. You don't go to 66 different no, massage no. therapists, female massage therapists, in like a whatever month time it was. Yeah. I mean, it was a short amount of time. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Well, and that, that, that kind of is to my point, right? He... It, apparently, and we have to say, they've tried to indict him twice. Now, what I don't know, did they try to indict him for the larger? Or was it on two specific instances, and they can try 22 more times? I, I don't know that. I right. haven't followed the story that closely. But here, here's what we do know. Let, let's say, based on the lack of indictment, there was nothing criminal that happened here, just something really untoward. He's just sleazy. He's just a pervert. Can I just say, you're a creepy pervert. I don't want you in my league. That might be the question we got to well, ask here. I think here. it's conduct unbecoming the organization and or the league. That's I what I'm think. thinking. A stance the NFL, if they wanted to, could take here. They, they right. Forget all of this. Forget the suspension. The but it, with the NFLPA and the collective bargaining agreement, I'm not smart enough to understand that. And the and the the worst part is also is the Cleveland Browns really not doing their due diligence before they offered him. More money than oh. anybody deserves. I, I, I just don't get it. I mean, you know, it is there some sort of now you know lawyers and agents and everything aren't going to forgo this contract oh, unless no. they can oh, help no. it. No. So I mean, you know, that's off the table. Is like you know, it would be okay. Be like, okay, reset. You're a free agent now, right? And, and we're going to just sit back and relax here. No, I mean, this guy's got a boatload of money coming in. they traded away their future and gave this guy more money than Jesus. I mean, talk about an organization that just can't stop stepping on its own joint. I've never seen anything like it. And with all this going on, did everything they could to ostracize Baker Mayfield, which I'll I'll still never understand. And that's what i got to wonder. If you're the Cleveland Browns, let's say, because there was that weird story Florio put out today I don't even understand his source or, or where the story, how it came together. But essentially, the NFL was putting out into the ether that them and the NFLPA would be willing to acquiesce if that arbitrator came back with a six to eight game suspension. They think everybody could live with that. Like they're trying to steer the arbiter that way. Which, which it didn't make the story. You'd have to go back, go, go to Pro Football Talk and read it. I don't generally recommend reading anything he writes, but. Go and read that one and see if you, see if you can make sense of it. Take the NFL out. Of, if you're the Browns, how do you market this? 
How do you mark right. even in Cleveland? You're a joke of a franchise. You were finally kind of on the on the come up, right? You know, you make the playoffs. You know, make Baker Mayfield. He ain't Joe Montana, but he's the best thing they've had since Boney Boney Boney, <laughs> Boney Cursar. <laughs> I think we got a, a show title now. How do you sell this yeah, to them? Not, How do you market this team? And, and the thing that gets me about the joke that Cleveland is is Baker Mayfield. Right, he didn't have a, a Pro Bowl season last year. But you know what? He gutted through right. torn labrums, and, and I can't remember he had rotator, but he had all kinds oh. of injury problems. He couldn't, even, he couldn't even throw the ball by the end of the year. Yeah, and he was out there trying to get them to the playoffs and, you know, never was – look, I'm not a Browns fan. Baker Mayfield to me was, yeah, he's, he's all right. But you know what? Hats off to that guy because he put in yeah. a good performance last year, you know, which was following a very good year the year before when they went to the playoffs and so forth. And they're just throwing him out with the trash. Yeah. Well, if they do that, it would be better. So here's the situation you have in Cleveland. They have built a good team around the quarterback position. That's a playoff caliber football right. team. It really, really is. Here's your two situations. You have a quarterback, number one, who has all these allegations, who's making the organization look awful. You're going to have protests, just all these distractions. The first question at every press conference of every player for the entire season is going to be what it's like to, to play with this pervert, Deshaun Watson. Or you're, he's going to be suspended for the year or forever or for eight games, whatever it is, and now you're starting a quarterback who you publicly trashed and who would rather swallow glass than play for you. I mean, this season, no matter what, is over before it started. If I'm Cleveland, I just raise my hand and say, you know what, we're going to take a year off. <laughs> we're just, we'll, we'll be over here if you need us. Baker Mayfield would run to play for – the Houston Texans. Oh, in a minute. In a, in, in a hot second. And Cleveland is like, talk about painting themselves in a corner. They they offer everything in the world for Deshaun Watson. Trash Baker Mayfield. Now all of a sudden Deshaun Watson looks like he may never play again. Right. Oh, Baker. <laughs> you can take mini camp off. Aren't we nice? Yeah, yeah. And, he could care less. He wants out. He wants to move on. Yeah, and it seems like they don't have the interest in moving him. I mean, it was two weeks ago, you know, it was all but a done deal. At least we were reading. He was in Carolina. Right. You know, Finkelstein got all over that deal. He had this dream of the the Baker Mayfield uh, more stack. And so he's trying to make trades with me in the dining. Yeah. And then last week is, well, before you wake up in the morning, he's going to be in Seattle. And Cleveland's not moving because they can't because they don't have another option. No. They don't know what's going to happen with Watson. Say Watson gets a year. I, I'm, that's where I'm thinking this is going to go. If I have to predict, okay, this, this a is year. a bold prediction. You're going to try and keep Baker Mayfield around for a year after what what you did? And I mean, May, Mayfield's making big money, so he's going to show up. How invested could he be? How invested could his teammates be? He's it, not going to war with a bad uh, shoulder uh, again, no. I can tell oh, you that. Yeah, He'll get himself the worst case of turf toe in the fourth preseason yep. game that anybody's ever seen. Yeah. I, I don't know who the third option is there. I, I don't even know. I'd, I'd have, have to, to look, look it up. But yeah, I mean, it's certainly nobody that's that's on anybody's radar, that's for sure. But this what? is a team that could compete for the AFC, and, and, and they did this. And yeah. they did this. There was better options, of course. Even if you decided Baker Mayfield wasn't the guy, I'm fine with that. 
it seems weird to me. You know, you bring this up, and I can't believe I'm in the position of sitting here defending Baker Mayfield, but right. I'm with you. I kind of am. It seems like the league or the league, the the Browns are they viewed as a failure or are angry at him for gutting it out because he wasn't playing his best right. at the end. Yeah, I'm sure he was. Everybody agitates to play hurt, but the coach, the GM, the organization could have said, "No, dummy, you're sitting down. You're too hurt. We've right. got a better chance with uh, who was a Keenum. I don't even know who was behind I him. I don't even know. It, anymore, it doesn't but... matter. But you let him keep playing, and then at the end of the year, the league, the organization is looking to to the media, to yeah. the public, and saying He's he cost us the playoffs last yeah. year because he was playing hurt. What, what, what are we talking about here? You know, if you're Cleveland, why? Why don't you pick up the phone and say, hey, 49ers, you're going to be starting Trey Lance. Any interest in swapping Garoppolo for Baker? Yeah, yeah. Well, Anything. Yeah. I mean, you know, we can't throw any first-round picks on because we traded our next 17 of them to Houston. Hey, Carolina, <laughs> you want to eat some salary? We'll take Sam Darnold off your hands <laughs> yeah. for a year. What do we care? Anything. But I mean, they're just trying to hold on. I, I mean, it's just Cleveland can't help themselves. It's just it, it's unbelievable. But this team is a quarterback away. I don't think Baker Mayfield is that guy. I think Deshaun Watson would be that guy if you take all this other stuff out. But you figure you're going to suffer the length of his suspension. And how long does this follow him around? At least another year, right? It'll follow I'm not him sure around. if this is a winning cures everything situation. No. Browns and when do you get him back in game shape, too, right. after well, a while? Yeah, he's already With been out a year. all these distractions, everything that's going on, he's not allowed in team facilities and mm-hmm. so forth. And, yeah, you can work out on your own. But the longer you're away from the game, you're not taking hits. You're not getting in rhythm with wide receivers. You're not taking yeah. reps. I mean, that is a lot of rust to yeah. shake off. I don't care how good you yeah, are. Yeah, this is going to be crazy, crazy to watch. And they ought to, they ought to take Washington and Cleveland that, that would balance things out and throw them both out of the league. <laughs> Just get rid of them both. Yeah, you could have a 30-team league. Yeah. Sure. I, I think it would make sense. Just have a, have a draft and – a contraction draft, not an expansion draft. Right. Let everybody else load up and get those two jokes of franchises off the planet. Yeah, with knowing our luck that, it, you know, somebody like Carolina would draft Deshaun Watson. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> We'd start all over again, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Deshaun Watson's the first overall pick in yeah, that draft. exactly. Whoops. All, all right. right. Well, I don't feel like running into the booth, so we're not doing commercials tonight. So, That's Dead fine. Sled Coffee. Go over there, buy some coffee. Get your butt into Butler, PA. Go to the go to the chop shop. Get Dead yourself a land yacht. Tell them the Briggs Fleeger and Briggs sent you. You get fifteen percent off. Get that order. That, that you know, I'm not even sure what the theme of the the, the mystery bags are this Ooh. month. Well, I guess it would be starting next month. There, it might be yeah. something patriotic. But check them out. Oh, patriotic coffee. What would Maybe. that be? I don't know. Whiskey in it, maybe some Kentucky bourbon in your coffee. Okay, Tennessee whiskey, Kentucky bourbon. Uh, I can't drink brown liquor. Can't do it. I like it. It makes me squirrely. makes me mean. Yeah, well. Beer just makes me talk a lot. You know that. makes you very contemplative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Larry's Lemonade, I'm pretty sure they put crack in there. I just get wild. Not not mean, violent wild. Well, you heard it. There was that show this time last year when I was all I would have to assume it's probably got a ton of sugar That's in probably it. what it yeah. is. And I'm like a little kid. I get too much sugar yeah. in me, and I get all excited, and I'm drunk at the same time. So, yeah, you're probably right about that. But whiskey, just downright mean. Just 
like Rick Briggs level nastiness. I'm happy as a clam. <laughs> really not. You really. I believe in the intro, Archie Bunker one time was quoted as saying, "You're a bit too surly for his taste." I miss All in the Family and Sanford and Son. Those are one of my two of my favorite sitcom shows of all time. I still have. A daughter makes fun of me because you can imagine how ridiculous that show looks to a 15 year old just uh-huh. the visual presentation i have every single episode there was some oddball channel on direct tv i don't even think it's around anymore that was just airing there's one after the other i have every single episode saved in my dvr and with a want of any good sports to watch <laughs> that's what i'm watching and i mean i'm too young i wasn't around when it was on right. tv but the reruns, yeah. my dad, my granddad especially were watching it and just it, Yeah, your dad and I were only like probably freshmen in high school mm-hmm. or something like that when it when it came on. So yeah, I mean we were young kids then. But yeah, I think Nixon was still in office when it first came on. <laughs> well yeah, that was when Meathead was campaigning against him and was all yeah. butthurt when Nixon got elected. I remember that episode. Yep. <laughs> Oh, yeah. We should just do an all-in-the-family podcast. Screw the sports and all this nonsense. Well, Well, I think we covered a good bit of sports today. You know, I want to cover another little ditty. A ditty, you say? Bruce Arians' new job with the Bucks. Yeah, you got to fill me in on this. Now, if you recall, Tom Brady retired. Right. And Bruce Arians was with the Bucks. Well, then Tom Brady came back. And Bruce Arians retired, and Todd Bowles was given the job. Right. Now, it comes out, Bruce Arians, with the explanation that he just couldn't leave Todd Bowles a team without Tom Brady, is why he didn't retire, and then only decided to when Tom Brady came oh, back. Oh, so he's leaving Todd Bowles so in a better is, spot. So now this is Todd Bowles, who has absolutely no coaching experience, apparently, in the NFL. None whatsoever. <laughs> According to Arians, anyhow. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he didn't do really good with the Jets, yeah. but he never had nothing to work with, yeah, he... in, in my mind. But anyway, so he retires, and I believe it was the very next weekend He's inducted into Tampa Bay's Ring of Honor, which I thought was reserved for people that have retired, you know, a number, kind of like Canton in a way, you know. Yeah. A couple of years at least down the road before you're put the, before you inducted into the Ring of Honor. Well, no, he's, he's in the inducted into the Ring of Honor. And now he has a job with the Buccaneers. And he was asked by Clark Judge what his job was. And it's, quote, it's a what-do-you-think job, Arian said. I need that kind of job. Everybody asks me what do I think, and they know they're getting a brutally honest answer, whether it be Joel Glazer, Jason Light or Lick, Todd Bowles, or Byron Leftwich. It's been fun going to practice, watching and learning some more, watching us change, looking at the new guys. Man, that draft class is going to be a home run. Looking forward to getting to camp. They're paying him for that? (laughs) During his retirement press conference, Arians noted he wasn't sure what his new role would entail on game days, joking that he wouldn't be yelling at referees as much. However, he noted this week that he plans on being in the booth on Sundays. So, in other words, if if you read the tea leaves one way, He's just a retired 
coach with so much knowledge, the Bucks just didn't want him to leave. And just here, it will stroke you a check to ask you what you think. And you hear about these consultant roles for old legends, but, th- but this one smells but different. But you're called a consultant right, or right. player personnel, something yeah. or other, or whatever. So let's stir the tea leaves again. And it comes up Tom Brady really didn't want. Bruce Arians is his coach for his basically final year in football. What makes you? So maybe behind the scenes, Tampa Bay says, yeah, Tom, you know, we don't, wouldn't mind having you back. Well, I'm not coming back unless somebody else is gone. Well, let us put a little bug in his ear, and that's what happens. He's out, but, hey, we'll put you in a ring of honor. You can mm. sit in the booth for free. We'll stroke you a check and – you know, Bob the janitor asked you if the towel's dry enough. <laughs> you know, what do you think, Bruce? What do you think, Bruce, of these here <laughs> yeah. towels? Do you like Dove or do you like ivory soap, Bruce? Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be, right? And what what seems odd to me, though, with that, because that's for – and it's funny, you know what? I didn't put any of that together when it was going on. Maybe it's just the because it was Tom right. Brady coming back. That That's where your mind goes. Seemed like weird timing, but never put it together. But it, it simply has to be that. It, there, there's no – why Todd Bowles? You think it'd be Byron Leftwich. Any, anyhow, to go back, because it's clear there's no way – Brady never expressed it. There's no way he liked Arians. Because Arians would just call him out right. all the time. Didn't, exactly. Yeah, we talked about it on the show some of the things you couldn't believe he said on a team that you know won 11 or 12 games that year. He would just call them out. I, I they didn't seem like there was much of a relationship there. I but I'd have thought Byron Leftwich <laughs> if Brady was pulling those strings completely. I never understood the Todd Bowles move. Yeah, I don't either. But I, I, I'm kind of baffled from that, to be honest with you. Leftwich, I really thought was going to be Jacksonville's new head coach. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was another weird deal where that was all but done and then it just didn't happen. Right. Maybe he wised up and said, hey, you know what, who, who I'll did, wait. Who did get Peterson got that, yeah. right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll just wait. <laughs> it could right. have been Leftwich saying, eh, nah. It could be. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely correct. I mean, but, yeah, whatever it is, there's something that stinks a little bit mm-hmm. in this whole – story that Tampa's putting out where everybody's patting each other on the bum and thinking everything's just so wonderful here in Tampa. But you know what? They didn't want Bruce Arians, or Brady didn't want Bruce Arians. Look, this is a Super Bowl winning coach. Right. Very successful. And and this is 2022. You know, Bruce Arians comes across more like you and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not many people like us. Well, and that's the thing. He'll say what he's thinking. He's not kissing anybody's ass. Right. But here's the thing. He wasn't long for the league anyhow. I don't think this hurts the long-term prospects. If you are any team and say, all right, you can have Bruce Arians or you can have Tom Brady, the answer 101 times out of 100 is I'll take Tom Brady. They knew where they were going to be replacing Arians in short order anyhow. Maybe not this year. Maybe it was two, three years down the road. Whatever we'll make this move if that's Tom if that gets Tom Brady to come back that that's what we're gonna do so I mean it, it makes sense for everybody I don't think that leads to any consternation I don't know there may be some real loyal Arians guys in the locker room but for the most part most players say all right do you want Tom Brady or do you want whoever the other broke Dick quarterback was gonna be you know they were talking about bringing Jameis Winston back whoever it was these guys I like. 
But no, let's bring him in. Let's win a Super Bowl. Bruce will still be around smoking and joking. We can have a cigar after the game. I can ask him what he thinks about something. And I, I think, think everybody wins. And I think that's probably what appeases any of these players that yeah. might be a pro Arians. Mm-hmm. You know, he, Bruce is still hanging around. What do you yeah. think, Bruce? Well, I think this sucks, but they're stroking me a nice yeah. check. So um, now you still got Bruce there. You can go to Bruce and tell him what an asshole you think Brady is, what an a-hole Bowles. you think Bowles is. Right. You get your money, you win your Super Bowl, you get to vent and hang out with your boy Bruce. Everybody wins. It's actually yeah. brilliantly played if this is true. It's it really true. You're is. right. It's brilliant, actually. So You're I right. like that. I do, too. All right. What time is it? God, we, we still got it. This has been short. I feel like we've been on the air for two hours. Usually this time goes quick. Well, usually we have to wait 20 minutes while he figures out how to put a commercial well, on. Well, that's true. We'd we still be trying to do that. that. And then we'd be doing the dumb USFL thing. Did that start yet? I, I thought it was over. No. I, I think we're – I gave half a moment's thought. I still get from when we used to cover the uh, Hall of Fame induction. I, I get emails constantly from the Hall of Fame. And I got one trying to, not give me, unfortunately, trying to sell me whatever they're calling their championship game oh. tickets. And I, I gave half a minute's thought to, and I might yet, although it might have already happened, yeah. <laughs> the little attention I pay, reaching out to our, our media contacts over there and seeing if chaos and disorder could go cover the USFL championship game. I, I think that would be shtick of the highest order, but, but I didn't do it. Yeah, that that would be. Um, I actually do miss the media day. I wish we could do that, but it, the NFL took over that Hall of Fame, and there's no way we're getting anywhere yeah. near it now. I know because unless you're, you know, the four letter network or you're CBS or NBC or somebody like that, you're not going. No, I mean you have to have some sort of really tight affiliation, and you know it's not just. Whatever. I mean, you know, Zingo TV or, right. or whatever it may be. Yeah, well, it was Fantasy Sports Network. We, we right. kind of got in for a long time. And I'd be curious, though. I do wonder. What what turned me most off was that last year we went. Here, here's the problem you run into, and you can kind of see this coming. This The last couple of years was the, you know, you figure this real boom for what the NFL has been. It's been building for a long time, but the explosion was with the advent of fantasy football, what, about early 2000s when it really took off, started to take off, and has only gotten bigger since. Those players who were stars then when the league exploded, it was already the biggest league in the country, but it exploded. Now you're seeing these are the guys starting to go in. Right. Peyton Manning's coming up, some of these guys. So it just gets bigger and bigger. But anyhow, what left a bad taste in my mouth, the last class we were were the Brett Favre, LaDainian, Tomlinson. That was a big one. So all the big names were there, all the four-letter networks. The biggest celebrities in the room beyond the Hall of Famers were the media coverage because it was all the big names, everybody you know. But they still ran it the same way as the little – Canton operation in the auditorium of that high school right beside the Hall of Fame. There's people everywhere, and you couldn't move, and you couldn't get within 200 yards of a player. You remember the first year that we covered. Oh, yeah. And, of course, we had never done this before, and and we both had our mics and our recorders and so forth, and, and, you know, we're just kind of stepping and fetching, not sure what we're supposed to do. And you said – well, I'm going over here, and I can't even remember who it was. Somebody was more high-profile. I don't know if it was LT. Was Strahan the or first Strahan. year? I yeah, think it was Michael LT. Strahan. Strahan. Yeah. 
And so I said, okay, well, I'm going to be down here in this end. Well, I'm standing down on the other end, and here's Ray Guy, one of my <laughs> nobody you thought all-time he favorites. And nobody wanted within 100 yards. <laughs> yeah, one of my all-time favorites because, I mean, Ray Guy was just, if you don't really know about him, I mean, my God, he's the first punter in the Hall of Fame. I mean, they got the, the hang time clock for this guy. Right. He also played quarterback. But anyway, there's nobody around him. I'm standing there. By the time you got back to me, me and Ray's ready to go out to oh, dinner. Oh, you, you, you two started a life together. I'd never seen anything like it because nobody would talk to the poor guy because he looked like a maintenance man, yeah. not an NFL Hall of Famer, and they don't have their jackets at that point. Yeah. So I don't think anybody knew he was a football player except you, and you two were just hanging out and going outside, having a smoke, drinking a cup of coffee. It was the wildest thing I ever saw. Yeah, it was. I mean, Meanwhile, I'm 27 people deep. the nicest guys I ever or something, Matt, yeah, know. I'm trying to get within 50 yards to ask Michael Strahan a question, and you're just sitting on Ray Guy's lap <laughs> starting a life together. It was amazing. Because <laughs> remember that the next day, I forget what event we were going to, and we're sitting in the Wendy's because we only do it first class when yeah. Flieger and Briggs travel. That's right. And it's it shares an alleyway with whatever venue we were going to, and yep. there's Ray Guy standing out there huffing on a heater. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. And he was actually talking to – one of the guys at a hotel right. about drywalling a room. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, he goes, "Oh yeah, you know, you can put up a soundproof in, in between their things there, and then put up the put up the drywall. You know, you can soundproof a room pretty cheap. You know, and all kinds of stuff. It was, it was hilarious." Yeah, and then to to the last year where just this crush of humanity and couldn't get well, near. And it's only going to get worse. Every and and year. you recall also, we used to be able to just flash your media badge. On the day of the day of the game, right? Yeah. Go into the stadium and record stuff like little ditties around. I remember uh-huh. you and I and uh, Farrell, Dennis Farrell. Yeah. Um. You know, we did some stuff together, and you could get in. They'd let you in and wander around. Then all of a sudden, they start tearing down all the neighborhood houses yeah. where we used to park for twenty bucks. Yeah, just park in somebody's yard and yeah. sell you a beer for a dollar. It was a good and the deal. The last time we were there, there was like how many thousand more seats oh, had in the yeah. stadium? It's like okay, this is not fun anymore. Yeah, it looks like a Division One college stadium right. now. Where, where make no mistake, if you've never been there, even five years ago, it was a high school stadium. Right. It was a big high school stadium by nice. high school yeah. standards, but it was a high school stadium. And now the the NFL money's just pouring in, and I mean, good for them, I guess. But uh, it, just it was bad different. for us, yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, bad for the little guy that can actually, you know, it was kind of like like what you said, kind of like the hometown feel, right. for yeah. one time mm-hmm. of the year in the NFL. Yeah, because remember that we got that, and then we thought, well, we're going to get credential, we're going to go cover Steelers training camp in the Super Bowl, yeah. and the Steelers just said. Me, yeah, <laughs> no, no <laughs> double you're middle finger. You're, you're not. But you here. could keep doing that with very little. It, it, it was awesome. But yeah, that, them days is longer. I wouldn't even try now. No, that's the thing. And I mean, I don't know if it was the last year or there. There was a couple years or the year before. I think the the last next to the last year. Um, I got to interview Al Michaels and Chris Collins. Remember they were together. Right, yeah, and they were. And there wasn't hardly anybody. I mean, there were a few people around them, obviously. But, I mean, they were just cordial. And, and Chris Collingworth was just talking to people, yeah. often, just talking about nothing, you know. And now it is, I mean, inside of like a two years, it turned into a media yeah. blitz. Well, and that, that's the other thing I noticed or I remember from, from early on then 
I mean, it was good. I mean, you picture it was the the media availability. You know, it was for one hour, two hours on Friday of that weekend, and. Again, this was in a high school. There's a high school yep. right, right beside the Hall of Fame, and it was in the auditorium. But don't picture it in, you know, the bigger part of the auditorium. There's a little, what, 10 by 20 foot lobby. Yeah. And they just set up high top like bar tables, and the guy sat, the guy sat there, and you'd go interview him. Well, they brought them out of the green room. I'm doing the air quotes things. It must have just been a bathroom somewhere they brought these guys out of, and they just milled around in the hallway for a half an hour before it was supposed <laughs> yeah. to start. And then afterwards, they just mill around again, and you could just for, forget the media availability. That was dumb. You could just stand there and mingle with the guys. Now, I always got too starstruck. I had to go hide, but you were able to. You were just going around like making best friends with everybody. Well, yeah, I was mad at you because I wanted you to – to take some pictures, but I, I ran into John, the late John Clayton. Now mm-hmm. and we were sitting there having a good old time. Yeah, he, and you just walked away. Yeah, and- I just I had to go disappear. <laughs> my social anxiety being what it is. But then the last year, they bring these guys in. They're surrounded like the president was coming, yeah. and every one of them was surrounded by eight guys. You didn't dare look at them. They were making sure you weren't taking pictures till they got sat down and they were framed up for ESPN. Then you go, and the minute it ended, you could be in mid-sentence. It was over, up, out the door, and they were gone, and you never got within 200 yards of these guys again the rest of the weekend. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly true, and it's just uh, I guess it's, it's prog- a shame. I guess it's progress, but, but not, not for broke not dick podcasts. <laughs> like exactly. us so so we didn't have that i don't know we want to get into the golf or we want to get out of here well i tell you one thing i didn't watch a ton of the u.s open of course we're you know a couple of weeks removed from that now from father's day weekend but i did want to kind of i mean it is getting to the point where their coverage i don't know what audience they're trying to bring in now yeah. but when you start putting goalposts <laughs> Up on, on, you know, superimposed on the the golf hole to show what a shot is going to be like or how narrow it is. You're really not, you're not doing the sport itself justice. Right. I mean, I think you're still old enough to remember. I mean, I can remember when the Masters used to come on. Yeah. Hi, I'm Pat Sumrall. I'm here with Ken Venturi. We'll be covering the 18th hole. It is a 456-yard par four with bunkers that come into play in the fairways. In an undulating green, it is very difficult to putt. <laughs> Not anymore. It's no. like, oh, you know. <laughs> it, it is some circus it. show yeah. and, and golf balls flying everywhere and, and animated yardage and all this kind of stuff. I mean, you don't need that. I mean, I want to watch – and, and there was a – I didn't watch it, but um, – God, I wish I could remember her name. But she was a, um, a LPGA Tour analyst, put it out on Twitter about um, the U, Women's U.S. Open. They were basically covering only like one person, one or two people. They weren't showing anybody shots. They show a couple of putts. And then they yap about yeah. something, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's getting to the point. Look, the announcers aren't the star. No, and that's you know, and and look, you can say, okay, Jack's old and gone. Tiger's busted up and getting old, and he's gone. And you know, but you know what? Show these guys playing. Right. Maybe somebody will catch on and be popular. I don't you know. know. Maybe somebody will do something. You know, and just I and I think. 
your first point was the best one. I don't know who they're trying to market this to. I don't know if they think these fancy graphics and these weird, I don't know, do you even call it analytics, what it is, is going to draw in a younger audience. Who Here's who your audience is. This is really simple, right? So NBC, CBS, give me a call. I'll give you this. Actually, you don't have to. I'm going to give you this advice for free right on this air. Your audience for golf is golfers. Yeah. Exactly. You're not pulling in a casual until you find another Tiger Woods, until you find another Jack Nicholson, which these are once in a generation, right? Once in a generation type of people. You pulled me, that made me, Tiger Woods made me a golf, well, to call me a golfer would be pretty loose, well, but everyone's a golf fan. Yes, it made least. me a fan. It yeah. made me want to go try golf. Now we don't have that guy right now. He's coming. I don't know who, when, you know, it could be five years, ten years. I don't know. He's coming again. This happens. Everything's cyclical. He's not there. So right now your audience is golfers. Golfers don't want or need all this nonsense. Forget all this new stuff they're trying. The one that drives me nuts, and every network does it, is I'd like to watch one tee shot without that goofy shot tracer. Right. That shows me nothing. It no. looks the same. And I still don't know till they pan down the fairway Where unless the they is. really botch it and you can tell right off the club it's going three fairways to the left. Everyone looks the same. It goes up, does that little loop-de-loop, and drops. That doesn't tell me a damn thing. I don't know how far it went. I don't know how far he hit it. And I don't know from that back behind him angle, even where the hell the fairway is, to tell me if that's a right. good shot or not. What are they you doing remember, with that? Remember how they used to, like, the camera would be in a tower, like yeah. in a fairway, and it would shoot down to the tee, and he and he would hit the ball, and the cameraman would actually follow the ball. Yeah, weird. The, We'd the watch the way. ball. Yeah. yeah, and then it would hit the hit the fairway. Sometimes it takes a bad hop, mm-hmm. or, and, and a lot of times it didn't, but that that's okay. I don't need to say, okay, it went... 321 yards. I don't care. Yeah. I really don't care. Is he in position for his second shot? Right. You know, he can it, go 380, but if he's in the crick, it doesn't really yeah, much matter, yeah. does it? So, I, I don't know who they're trying to appeal. Remember, Fox tried this when they had the the U.S. Open. What was that? Oh, that's probably more than five years ago now. And they tried to do all that crap, and they had that hot chick doing everything and muddling it all up and you don't even see them around anymore they got rid of them that's not who your audience you're not drawing kids in with that all these fancy graphics means nothing they don't care about golf there's nobody that's bringing them in there's no tiger woods to bring high schoolers in like he did to me he's coming he'll show up somewhere now he might be on the live tour (laughs) might be the problem but that's true but i mean you know look um the, the the advantage i had when i was like in high school you had Jack, you had Watson, you had, you know, Johnny Miller, you had Lee Trevino, you had right. Lanny Watkins, Ben Crenshaw, Tom Kite, on and on and on. When you were in high school, you had Tiger Woods. That was that. Yeah, okay, Phil Mickelson, but nobody really cared for him and still don't. Right. And David Duvall was a flash in the pan. You know, he was going to be the guy to challenge him, but then he just lost his game. Now... You have the Rory's, you have the Spieths, you have um, the Ricky Fowlers and so forth. But those are really the, the 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 Lanny Watkins, the Hubert Greens of, like, my day. Right. They're not the Jacks or the Tigers or the Arnie or anybody. But like you said, somewhere along the line, one of these guys is going to show up. Right. There's somebody out there. And, and bring it back. But. They just want to see golf. Like I like if Rory is Rory McElroy is in a dead heat with somebody, 
I'd like to see this golf. I don't want to see a bunch of rigmarole of all these lines and goalposts and everything. Just show the match. Just show everybody hitting their shots. Right. Yeah, that, that's that's all I need because right now it's golf fans. Yeah. And, and golf fans are interested in, in golf things. And show enough shots. Show the, the ebbs and flows of the tournament, not just whoever you decided was the feature group and you're just going to follow them. And, and even on Saturday, from what I understand, I didn't watch any of it Saturday. I was traveling that day. But – they were shuffling atop of the leaderboard, and I can't remember who they were following. And you would see on the leaderboard on the bottom of the screen the yeah. names changing, and they're not showing any I know. of these guys. It, it was it was terrible. It, it was it was one of the worst cut co- of a major of all things. I mean, could you imagine if they had done that in the '86 Masters when Jack shot 65, yeah, right? You know, and, and came back and won because they wouldn't show anybody. I mean, I. And yet they showed every shot Tiger Woods made on en route to an 80, which is to me was right. a disservice of, of, you know, one of the top three golfers of all time. Yeah. And I think you can do that, right? There's, there's probably, there may still be, there's probably much less one now, a casual audience who will tune in to see what Tiger's doing. And if, you, if he's chopping it up like he did. You're not going to sit and watch him do it for four no, hours. No, but you can shoot to his shots to try to bring that audience in. But he can't be, the, he was the focus of the broadcast. Yeah, he was still. the whole broadcast. It was, here's what's going on with the contenders. And still, there's enough time in a golf broadcast to show every Tiger shot. You, you can do what they used to do, too. And I still, still think they do. You can lie to me and pretend like it's live, even if it happened four minutes ago. I'm right. not going to know any better. Lie right. to me. I don't care. Exactly. You can show that, but then tell the story of what's actually going on on the course. You you can do both, and they make no effort to do. Yeah, that. and and that was a, a thing with somebody like and and, and I hate I really do because I I hate saying well you know back in my day, but really when the coverage was good, and say you were one of your favorite golfers was close to the lead, and then all of a sudden you don't see him anywhere. He goes. Let's go back to 15. We'll show you what transpired. Yeah, yeah. And maybe somebody hit in the water twice and then mm-hmm. hacked out of the bushes. And, yeah, he's got a quadruple bogey. Well, guess what? You right. know, that's what happened yeah, to him. Now we can move on from that guy. Right. And we're, we're showing. So so one last thing before we get out of here on the Live Tour. I don't want to get too deep into that. It, it's getting stale for me. I, it, number one, we've answered the question, yeah, for right now, anyhow, it's a real threat to, sure the, to the PGA. But I think it was Patrick Reed. I hope I'm right in saying that. I, I saw doing a press conference today, and, and I'm torn on this one. And you're you're much more steeped in the history of the game, where he said, which is a lie. Of course, the money, and more and more guys are being honest about it. It's like a lottery ticket, hell, right. you know. And I, I like that honesty. And if the PGA would pony up, we quit. I don't want to talk about the Saudi Arabian blood money. Everybody's taking Saudi Arabian blood money. Why are we asking golfers to be <laughs> yeah. when the U.S. government takes money from them? But we're going to ask Dustin Johnson to be the moral conscience. Shut up with that nonsense. But anyhow, so he said one of the th- the thing that appealed to him was the shotgun start because then everybody was on the course at the same time dealing with the same conditions. And my first reaction is always is visceral. and No, that part of the game is 
is, you know, weather conditions change, this and that. But then the more I've thought about it, it's kind of a compelling argument that everybody with the smaller field and the shotgun start, everybody's playing the same course, you know, with the weather and the conditions and everything going on. And I'm kind of torn on it because my first reaction, ah, sissy, you know what I mean? But there, there's something to it. But does it need to be fair? That, is that not the spirit of golf? I'm not sure. Well, I know um... – and I'm sure they're probably all the same. I know when we hosted our pro tournament, say like, especially in the first two rounds, before the cut, I mean, the golf course would yeah. be full. Well, say if Rick Flieger teed off on Thursday at 7.30. Yeah, yeah. Well, on Friday, now you're teeing off around 2. Yeah, And yeah. then if I teed off at 2 on, say, Thursday – well, then on Friday, I'm teeing off on 7. Well, then they make the cut, and then they tee off in order, you know, yeah, and, of course, yeah. the leaders in the last groups. Well, I think that's that's very fair. Um, if somebody's going to make a move, you know, be it – maybe it's – maybe the weather's bad in the morning. I, I, I see what he's saying, and I see the argument to say, yeah, that is fair. But can you – but you can't do that on a regular PGA tournament when you have 144 players. Yeah, that's the other thing, right? It's you can't not... start them everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's a good argument if you can fit everybody on all 18 holes. Sure, that's great. Yeah. Go ahead. But, you know, it, it's not realistic if this thing catches on and you have 144 players starting. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you there's no – Fair, fair. It, it's basically they've they, in PGA Tour's defense, the tour, the tour. You know th- that's the best way to do it. I mean that that's the yeah. way they do it, so, and it's fine. Yeah, and it, it's the fair as they can be. But it was a compelling argument. Like I said, it just struck me when I first read that. I thought, ah, oh, the world doesn't have to be fair, you dumb millennials. You know what I mean? Then I thought about but it. The competitive thing is, violence. You're in Saudi Arabia. What conditions? Well, they're really never in Saudi that Arabia. They were in England. I think or, they're in Oregon this weekend. Oh, are they? Yeah. Well, I guess. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think they play much in okay. Saudi Arabia. It's just their money. I got you. Okay. Well, it would be pretty awesome if it was just one course in Saudi Arabia and they just looped around it every yeah, weekend. They just keep playing. Then, then, I, you know, you had the Scottish Open and the Canadian. Why don't they have, like, the, the Jordanian Open yeah. and the Egyptian yeah. Yeah, Open? Yeah, maybe build one or two more courses over there and they just sort of loop around yeah, every weekend. I don't know. The thing for me, now Now the thing is, they can stick around as long as they want to because you talk about an endless pit of money. But until you get a TV partner, you can't get my interest. I am not. Maybe younger people will. I am just at that cutoff of being too old. I am not going to go out and get on YouTube and watch live sports on my iPad. If it's on TV, I'm that dumb. If it's on TV and I can grab a beer and push a button, you can get my interest. If I got to go to all this effort, it's why I, I have, but I don't like the Netflix and the Hulu. And I still, I still don't even use the guide on DirecTV. I just like to flip channels like we did 25 years well, ago. That's just who I am. It will come, Rick. But the contracts have to run out. Yeah. Yeah, cause because who's going to sign up with them and lose what they have? Exactly, right. because if you do sign up with them, you'll never get any kind of PGA Tour contract. Yeah, so yeah. They still hold a few cards. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to watch it play out. But the thing is, nobody could be interested in nobody watching. It is an endless pit of money right. in with Saudi Arabia. And this isn't about... 
growing this thing. I know they have they have no interest in growing this. This is what do they call it? Uh, sports washing, and and that's true. I don't think that's some made right. up, you know, media term. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to soften their image internationally by doing this. They don't care if they make a penny. They don't care if you ever watch one minute any right. of this. It's and, about but, that. But it is it is dividing some people. I mean, we saw Rory McIlroy's. Uh, you know, comment when he won the Canadian Open. You know, I've won one more tournament than somebody. You know, re- referencing Greg Norman. Well, so yeah, what? That t- you know, <laughs> that's great. You know, Jack's won forty more than you. So I mean, yeah, I a lot of that. I don't know. I I feel like I should be on board with that. It. Whoa, is Finkelstein back? <laughs> what the hell is going know. on? What's going on there? I don't know. I feel like I should be in his camp but i'm like whatever what do you care i don't these, these guys are going and making the money and you know patrick reed i know he said today you know i get a chance to make all this money i'm home you know i basically right. raised my kids through facetime now i'm playing once a month right Look, i get the argument the saudis are terrible and you don't want to support this terrorist regime but every corporation's doing it the u.s government's doing it isn't the president going over there like this week or yeah. next week i mean it's, it's yes sometimes argument. you got to hold your nose and just i, I have a hard time with argument that. for uh, you know Devontae adams making however many million dollars you know catching footballs or or whatever it's, somebody's always going to complain because it's too much money but guess what the money's just going to keep increasing year after year after year, no matter what sport it is, be it baseball, hockey, football, whatever. Yeah. Well, so and it's like it. there's like you know there's no such thing as a minor surgery when it's being done to you. It's real easy to say it's too much money when nobody's offering it to you. It right. ain't too much money when it's coming your way. Yeah, it's somebody's so, going to offer me fifty yeah. million bucks. Hey, yeah, and it I'll is, do it. It is real easy for the guy on Twitter making $40,000 a year to get on there and say, I would never take that Saudi money. I'm an American patriot and blah, 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 blah. And You're a they, liar. And then they walk over and say, hey, hey, Billy Bob, I'm going to give you $125 million to play croquet or whatever Billy Bob's <laughs> into. How fast would Billy Bob sign up and all of a sudden we wouldn't hear about it anymore? Oh, yeah. Look, I wish I had the convictions to say if some awful, you know, tyrannical regime offered me a bunch of money that I would say no because of my strong conviction. I would be lying to you. They offered me $27 and a ham sandwich to go over there and go golfing. I'd probably jump all over it. And... Yeah, I mean, and, and you tell me that every penny from the, that is supplied to the PGA Tour well, that's is, all clean is, is money, all right? Clean, nice money and everything <laughs> like that. Yeah, it was so, all made through windmills and puppies and so. Yeah, unicorns. I mean, <laughs> every, everything's squeaky clean. Yeah. So, yeah, that, I, I'm not. I'm with you on that. And you know, yes, I don't look. Let's face it. Nobody likes the Russian regime, but everybody's no. still buying oil off them, right. right? And this, that, and the other. So, you know, somebody's going to play golf in Oregon. Right. Yeah, not in Saudi Arabia, you know, in Oregon. And they're make, they're taking some of their money. Hey, that's a win for us, right? They're right. taking their money. There we go. Well, well, I like it that way. That's a good approach to it. So put the thing on TV. I would like to watch it, but I'm not going to YouTube. Nah, I'm not worried it. about it. All right, well, let's get out of here. I got an idea. 
Let's try next week to break a record and go for two shows in a row. I think that'd be a great idea. And hopefully Finkelstein's out of quarantine and we can get him back. So thanks for listening being patient with it. Once we get to football season, we're going to get much more consistent. We're, we're going to be in and out. Rick's going to be out for a little bit. I'm going to be out for a little bit. But, but we'll get it going once football season's going, brother. It is on. So check out everything at Chaos and Disorder on Twitter, Chaos and Disorder Pod on the Facebook, AsylumFantasySports.com for all the archives if you're missing and I, us. And I think Chaos and Disorder, you know, like with football, so like you said, we're going to be covering what's happening in football. Yeah, yeah. Some of the issues around it. We'll be covering some fantasy. We're going to be covering – Everything about football. And all in the family. And Sanford and stuff. Maybe that's a sub show. Maybe we do two shows a week. I wonder if there'd be an audience for that. I don't see why not. Two of the best shows ever. We should try it. Shoe and a shoe, sock and a sock. My man. favorite episode. <laughs> My favorite one Meanwhile, ever. Meanwhile, Gloria, I think, was in labor, right, when all this was going on. Was she? I don't yeah, remember that part. They, they were in a big Oh, yeah, hurry. that's why they were trying to yeah. leave. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Comedy. I think we just might do this. We might try it. We, we can't get any traction with this dumb show, so maybe we'll try that. All right, till next time, we'll see you. Take care. we got to get Reed Foley back on. Yeah. You ever talk to him? Just on Twitter every now well, and yeah, again. That's what I, mean. But, I mean, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, see what he's up to. I haven't to. talked to him on the phone for, oh, man, a year and a half or yeah, better now. See, see what he's up to. See if that career's taking off. Well, and he's a Browns fan, so we could bust his balls about that. Too. Yeah, exactly. Get his thoughts on it. I'd like to get him a gig up here. That way he can come in studio. Yeah. That would be great. And we can go to the gig. I always wanted to be backstage. Yeah. I'd be like, remember in Wayne's World when they had the backstage passes and they just waved it around at everybody? Yeah. That's what, what that? I wanted to do. Was that Aerosmith? I, yeah, I think yeah. it was, yeah. Right. All right, let's get out of here. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.